0: Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome, Rabotai. Today's breakfast and class is dedicated in loving memory, Lu, Nishmat, Shula Solange Bataliza Aliza Leha Shalom, sponsored by the Ohef Shalom and Ben Basat families. As well, dedicated in loving memory, Lu, Nishmat, Yahushua Benun, Alava Shalom. Today is Yahushua Benun's Hilula, sponsored anonymously. As well, breakfast and class sponsored by Rafi Asbani, dedicated in honor of all the Liviyim. Beautiful to be able to have the Liviyim recognized. Finally, as well, excuse me, last, uh, last two, dedicated by AJ Gindi in honor of Isaac and Haim Daba, they are lifesavers and transplant sponsors. May the act of saving a life serve as a source of protection and success for them and their families for many years to come. Finally, we could cobble with dedicated loving memory of Sammy Syed. I love Hashaluni Rishmachi, the sponsored by his son, Isaac Syed. Okay, my friends, I want to share with you a beautiful idea. We know, in this week's parashah, we read about the fact that on the day of the inauguration of the Beta HaMikdash of the temple, Nadav and Avihu, they came forward and they brought a sacrifice that, they had, that had not been mandated um, by, uh, by Moshe Rabbeinu in the name of God. They brought something that they, were, they themselves wanted to do. They made up effectively a korban. And the pasuk says, korvatam Hashem, they brought in front of God, Esh Zarah, a a foreign fire, and in that moment, what happens? Bore Olam sends down a fire and Bar Menan, unfortunately, Nadav and Avihu, they pass away. Now, the Midrash brings uh, a litany of reasons as to why uh, they, the sons of Aharon uh, were punished. What was their mistake? And let me read to you uh, what the Midrash says. Had Amar, like Sammy Sutton said, it's a makhloket. Had Amar, one says, Shelo hayu nesuim isha. They were not married. And specifically, they stayed not married. So in other words, it wasn't just that they were on J-date, they couldn't find, they keep swiping. No. They they specifically were not getting married. <speaking in Hebrew> they didn't have children. <speaking in> because <Hebrew> the Pasuk says, <speaking in Hebrew> They died and they had no children. Why would the Pasuk say, and they had no children, if that wasn't relevant to their death? Therefore, the Midrash says, what do we learn from that? We learn that the fact that they didn't marry and build a family was part of the reason why they were punished. And one opinion says, again, let me explain. A person that doesn't doesn't get married, doesn't have children, they're not punished for that. They want to get married. They want to have children. They didn't have the opportunity. When someone decides as a decision what the Torah says, I'm not going to do, I know better, that's a problem. There's many examples, by the way, of this in halakha, where the halakha would allow you to do something. And a lot of times you have people who want to be much more liberal and they want to say, look, you know, we believe because of women's rights, because of this, because of that. Is this asur? You like this? We should do it. Now, if it's coming from a place where the person wants to do another mistake, fine. But if it's coming from a place that they're trying to break the system, they're trying to find ways that the agenda behind the request invalidates the request. Do you understand that point? So when what we're trying to do is to up it. Let's say, I'll give you an example. Let's say someone says, I don't like meat. I don't want to eat meat. Do they have to eat meat? No. It's not a mitzvah that a person has to eat meat. Could a person be a vegan according to halakha? The halakha is yes. There is a possibility of being vegan according to halakha. What if a person says, the Torah is murderous, Judaism is careless towards animals. It's terrible. I believe that, we, that Judaism, in the name of Judaism, people have an obligation to be vegan. That is, that is apikoris. You're uprooting a law in the Torah. You're saying that you know better than God. And the halacha that it says in the Torah about eating from the korbanot. The halacha that it says in the Torah, en simcha ele basar v'yayin, you have to eat meat and drink wine on the, on the holiday for simcha. That is... You're saying that you know, and you and your veganness know better. Your wokeness is more than God, than God Himself. That is heresy, not because of veganism, but because you're upending the halakha. So, if the sons of Aaron felt that we're too holy to get married, and therefore the law of the Torah doesn't apply to us, then that's a very serious matter, and especially the fact that they were going to be the future leaders of Am Yisrael. To have them feel that way or behave that way was an incredibly dangerous thing for the leaders to be able to lead the people in the wrong path. Chad one says, they did not marry and build a family. And therefore the pasuk, when it says, was indicating that that was a reason why on their level they were judged for this this minor infraction. The one opinion says, no. Because they came into the temple. There was a celebration when they inaugurated the temple. So what did they do? They drank wine. And they were sli- they were tipsy. They were drunk. They came into the Mikdash that way. So where does he prove his opinion from? This Because the parasha, the next chapter in the parasha after their death is, God appears to a Moshe and Aaron. He tells them, right? Wine and intoxicating beverages you shall not drink when the Kohen is going to do the service, he can't drink wine or uh, scotch or whatever, you know, because he's going to come in, he's going to come in drunk to do the service. It's completely inappropriate to come in drunk. We actually just learned this Gemara in Ta'anit, right? It was literally the last Gemara that we studied about when the Kohanim are not allowed to drink, which mishmar, etc., etc. So he proves it from the fact that the mitzvah of the commandment to Aaron and to his children not to drink before they come into the Mikdash follows immediately the story. The in one opinion, says shehoru that they ruled, a halachic ruling, by deciding what to do. With regards to, the, to this case, um, they ruled in front of their rabbi and to rule the halacha in front of your rabbi when you have the misorah, you have the hand down, the tradition in the, in the guise of Moshe Rabbeinu in front of you. And you're making up your own halacha, you're deciding yourself. That's completely inappropriate. And is, again, it's a dangerous precedent for future leaders. Therefore, that was why they passed away. Says the Khatam Sofer something remarkable. Three different opinions. Says the Khatam Sofer, these three different opinions are actually really one thing. They're not arguing. They're not different opinions. They are all part of the same thing. What was their mistake? Their mistake was that they did not get married, they did not have a wife, they did not have children, they did not build a Jewish home. Had they built a Jewish home, says Hatam Sofer, they would not have made the other two mistakes. And listen to this, because this is so beautiful. A person is supposed to respect Borei Olam. You can't come in drunk to do the service, right? You wouldn't do that for the President of the United States, they'd throw you out on your head, right? You wouldn't do that with uh, any important uh, procedure. You imagine you were a surgeon, coming in to perform surgery, come drunk, they'll throw you out of the hospital, they'll take your license away, okay? A person's supposed to have respect for their rabbi, right? You can't come and rule in front of him, say, actually the halakha is, can't do that, asur. How does a person disrespect their God or disrespect their rabbi the answer is, they never learned the concept of kavod, of respect. When does a person understand how important it is to respect his father, how important it is to respect bore olam, only when he builds a family and has children of his own. When you have children of your own and they completely disrespect you, they don't show you any kavod or you say to them, listen, please, this is very important to me. You know, I don't ask you for many things. It's super important to me that you do this because it really means a lot to me. And the person says, yeah, I don't care. You know, I know that that's what you hold. I'm gonna ask my friend's father. No, I don't, I don't go like, I don't wanna do that. The person, the, the pain that a parent feels when they're disrespected by their child is a pain that is incomparable to any other element of disrespect that they've ever experienced. Because you feel that, I don't know if I was the best parent or the worst parent. I don't know if we have the best relationship, don't have the best relationship. But there's no one on earth that has given to you more than me. There's no one on earth that cares for you, that loves you, that has given to you more than me. You can ask that guy his opinion, but he doesn't love you like I do. He doesn't know you like I do. He hasn't given to you like I do. The feeling of betrayal that a father feels, the feeling of upset, how let down you are, not angry, I'm just disappointed. (laughs) That feeling, you can only really touch it when you yourself have a child. Had Nadav and Avihu married and had a child, they would have understood what it means to show kavod for their God, who was their father. They would have understood what it means to show kavod for their rabbi who knows them, who taught them, who raised them, maybe not physically, but spiritually. They wouldn't have ruled in front of him. Sometimes you have a case, a person will come to me, they asking me the halakha, and I tell them, look, you want no straight halakha, the halakha is like this? The guy says, look, rabbi, I can't. My father, he doesn't want me to do it, even though I'm allowed to? There's many minhagim, minhagim about going to the cemetery. You know, when your parents are alive. There's cases where a person, and the father's like, I don't want you to go. Even if the halakha is that he's allowed to go. The person says, my father said, 'I I don't feel comfortable. That's how a person should feel. They should feel this, the heaviness, the weight. That's why the word for kavod is related to the word of kaved, of heavy. It should be a weight on someone. They should feel how heavy, how weighty these matters are. You know, there's nothing worse than causing a person's own parents, tsar, Nothing worse. And the children, Nadav and Aviu would have completely understood this, had, if only, they would have been in a situation where, um, where, they, would have, uh, where, where they would have had children of their own. So says the Khatam Sofer, you want to know which of the three reasons is right? They're all connected. That's why they were able to make up their own uh, what's it called law, because they hadn't had or felt the relationship of a child deciding, "I'm not going to do it that way. I'm doing it my own way," and the pain that a father feels when the child doesn't follow in the ways that he was uh, that he was uh, asked to or instructed to. My friends, the same thing as well is for ruling in front of Moshe Rabenu. I learned from this two lessons, my friends. One lesson is that a lot of times there are many different infractions and mistakes that we make in our Judaism. But oftentimes, the root of the many is actually described in one. Three different things that went wrong, but really it came down to one thing that they did wrong. Person stops going to shul, and all of a sudden they start dropping this, they start dropping that. All they need to fix really is the top of the pyramid, and then everything else will fall into place. There are many keystone mitzvah habits that if you fix those, they fix in a cascading way everything else. That's the first lesson. The second lesson I'll leave you with, my friends, is that there's so many things in the process of Judaism where we don't realize God's wisdom and we don't understand. In the mitzvah of getting married, you think that's a mitzvah of getting married, building a Jewish home, that's a mitzvah of piru or vu, having children. I don't realize that something as monumental as respect for God, as respect for my Rabbi can come out of the action of having a Jewish family. So sometimes a person, they look at a mitzvah and it's not important in their eyes, but part of the reason is because they don't understand the knock-on effect of this mitzvah on other things. A person thinks, I have a mitzvah, give tzedakah, give tzedakah. They don't realize that God's intention in commanding you to give so many different types of tzedakah was not to give this, and to give this, and to give this, but rather, as my rabbi always puts it, to become through the constant act of giving to become a giver, to soften your heart, to dampen the narcissism that threatens to engulf all people if we don't keep the ego in check. So a lot of times we are not aware of what Borei Olam's actual intentions were in the mitzvah. Now, and that thought, you know what, I'm not going to do this, I'll be fine, but they didn't realize the, the knock-on effect that it had on other mitzvot. The halakha tells us that a bet Din is not allowed to uproot the law of another bet Din. They can't uproot it. Unless it's bigger than it, in numbers and in wisdom. So everyone says, oh, I understand why they have to have more numbers, because legally, to, have a, to up, upend that legal ruling, they have to be a bigger court. I get that. But the Gemara says it's not enough. Also Chochmah. Because the Rabbis might have told you that this was the reason why they made the Gezerah. And you think, oh, that reason doesn't apply anymore. Now I'm just going to do it. But unless they have a greater wisdom than the first Bet there might have been other reasons that the Bet had that they didn't share with you or that are more Kabbalistic, or that are more spiritual, more practical, more psychological, and you didn't understand those reasons. So by upending it, because one reason is no longer relevant, you lost out on the three, four other reasons. My friends, um, it is my wish and my tefillah that this idea Permeates our soul, and we give the proper respect to God, the proper respect to our rabbis, the proper respect even to the mitzvot that perhaps we don't understand. My daughter and son, uh, my daughter and son-in-law, are moving to Eretz Israel to go study uh, in Eretz Israel. We want to wish them a tremendous and beautiful journey. And be'ezrat Hashem, uh, they should tzale shalom v'tachzode shalom. He should come back be'ezrat Hashem, a, a rabbi, a mashpia. They should be zochet to build a beautiful home with many, many children. Like we just learned about this halacha, they should be zochet to have and build a relationship with Borei Olam and to build a wonderful relationship and a respectful relationship with all the Rabbanim wherever they may go Be'ezrat uh, Hashem we should be to see and greet them uh, in order to each and every one of us with the coming of Mashiach Meravi Amenu Amen